Hello and welcome to the November 2020 edition of the Clinical Medicine Editorial. I hope this has now become a regular feature of your uh, podcast experience from the Royal College of Physicians. If there's a theme to emerge from uh, this month's articles, one of them could be um, that there's a merit to looking at commonly undertaken investigations in the broader clinical context and specifically the opportunities they may help in terms of understanding clinical phenotypes and prognosis associated with that somewhat better. Um, Beginning a sequence of papers in that regard is one by um, colleagues from the cardiology department at the University Hospital of Southampton who uh, have undertaken some further analysis on data they've already published on at the tail end of last year in the so-called chariot study. And what they've undertaken is further analysis of data to look at the outcome of the sensitivity testing in patients presenting with above elevated troponin levels to see whether that has implications in terms of uh, hospital metrics such as duration of stay and morbidity and mortality associated with that admission. And what they show is some interesting provocative data which feeds potential future studies looking at the interpretive um, use of troponin levels in the acute clinical context. I think apart from just looking at a very commonly done test that is undertaken in the emergency department, it also sheds light on uh, the use of uh, big data sets that could be analysed in post-hoc ways. And I think that's very much a place where clinical medicine sees itself as being able to publish uh, thought-provoking clinically relevant data, but also that whole aspect of interpreting uh, clinical uh, picture alongside uh, um, objective information. And that theme is developed also by colleagues from St. George's Gastroenterology Department in a separate paper looking at uh, pancreatic exocrine insufficiency. Um, Chronic diarrhea is a common uh, feature of uh, experience by 5% of the population uh, experience uh, diarrhea of more than three months duration occurring uh, frequently or episodically. And uh, pancreatic insufficiency is a feature of that. Now, the traditional way of testing for that is with a a stool test. Uh, But like many of these tests, this is an enzyme uh, produced by um, the pancreas into the lumen and which is not especially degraded. Uh, But the level of secretion in a single sample could reflect a variety of issues related to meal uh, size of um, uh, patient and uh, a variety of other uh, clinical and um, pathological factors. And what the authors have done is to analyse the impact of um, data where the studies are slightly uh, abnormal without being bond or abnormal and looked at the context of that in terms of the the overall presentation of abdominal pain as part of chronic pancreatitis and uh, radiological features of loss of pancreatic volume and really make that point that to understand data of that sort and then to see a response in terms of uh, pancreatic replacement therapy one has to interpret the uh, stool test in the context of um, broader serology uh, radiology and above all uh, history And a similar sort of theme emerges from a paper on point-of-care ultrasound. This has become well-established in a variety of other uh, settings, but its use in acute kidney injury 
is highlighted in a quality improvement project. And again, to point to that in terms of the publication strategy of the journals, uh, quality improvement projects are things which we very much welcome if they have an impact on practice uh, of fellow readers. Um, and that's both within clinical medicine as well as our sister journal, uh, Future Healthcare Journal. Um, so do submit um, interesting uh, outcomes from your own QI projects uh, because I'm sure there is a lot to learn from each of these and certainly we have um, adopted practice in my own centre according to some of the material that we've been lucky enough to uh, get submitted and publish. Um, if we move beyond that uh, main context, the other um, large feature of the print edition of this month's journal is of course as ever the CME uh, section and this month is on uh, the topic of rheumatology um, coordinated by our expert um, associate editor uh, Professor Elaine Dennison. Um, as ever uh, there is the uh, MCQ single best uh, answer type assessment uh, to accompany uh, some outstanding um, state-of-the-art reviews um, on uh, common conditions um, relevant to clinical presentation as well as those of us uh, sitting exams. So there is a really comprehensive paper uh, reviewing uh, the diagnosis and management of early rheumatoid arthritis, papers on Raynaud's phenomenon, uh, which are, um, is a syndrome which I always think is uh, particularly familiar to patients who often wonder whether they have it uh, and sometimes do and sometimes don't and be able to give up-to-date advice about um, what is available is really brought out in an excellent paper um, in this month's CME section. There's papers on bone health in rheumatoid arthritis as well as uh, an approach to the vascular disease and uh, a really excellent review on adult Paget's, Paget's disease of the bone. So the usual high quality CME uh, which we invite you to. Um, some really interesting uh, clinical cases as well. Uh, oxycodone, a drug of huge, hugely increasing rate of prescription in the UK and Western world generally. Uh, a nice demonstration of um, uh, leukoencephalopathy, which uh, accompanies uh, that as a rare complication, but rare complications and increasingly prescribed drugs are things that we ought to be alert to, of course. Um, many of you will remember Ortner's syndrome from revising for membership. Uh, and there's a nice lesson of the month about a delayed diagnosis of mitral stenosis. Um, then a dermatological um, case in the images, a very nice image which is also available on the website of a painful nodule in a case of chronic necrobiasis lipoidica. And if we then also focus on the online content that we are delighted to have, we've got really exceptional papers on COVID. As ever, uh, I feel like all of you who are in practice, both frontline and trying to manage the chronic service burden, we are learning a lot from our services in terms of how they respond to the pandemic, how the impact of national decisions impact our patient group and therefore our local practice, as well as a course of understanding better some of the treatments that are available. Treatment-wise, there is a, a nice paper um, looking at the evidence supporting 
Remdesivir, uh, which has been much in the news, of course, in the wake of uh, national leaders presenting uh, to hospitals with the, with COVID, um, and also a nice uh, summary of uh, the repurposing of uh, inhaled and systemic heparin uh, as an antiviral. Um, but there are also really important papers on the evaluation of a self-stratification strategy uh, for shielding during the pandemic, a really important paper on um, COVID in the elderly and looking in particular at uh, cohort patients who were uh, in a so-called late lockdown phase and understanding how that impacts um, potential for future care given, given that a lot of these patients were ones who were in contact with health and social care environments rather than acquiring it purely from community contacts. Um, and finally, I guess to point out, there are a couple of papers of the impact of the pandemic on the health services. Um, there is an aspect of that looking at um, what presents to the acute medicine sector to sort of round up what we how we began this um, podcast, but also importantly looking at aspects of uh, the provision of services and training. Uh, and there are two papers on training. Uh, and in fact, there's also in our sister journal, uh, the Future Healthcare Journal, a paper on training in the pandemic phase. So thanks very much indeed for engaging with the journal content as ever. Do continue to submit uh, the manuscripts. We are receiving more than ever, but delighted to keep uh, receiving the high quality material that is being sent in by colleagues from around the world. And we, as ever, wish you well as you continue to work during the pandemic. All the very best.